The 5 O'Clock Frenzy is presented by Nova Home Loans. Call 577-2600 for help in buying a new home. Cofield and Company NFL Insider, Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk, joins us now. Rolling into the 5 O'Clock Hour, DeMonts here, JBT. Helping out as a company, it's Cofield, Finley Toyota Studios. More football, we are here, it's football season. Miles, how you doing, buddy? I am doing well. I love that intro music. You know how I feel about Succession. Good job, Damon. Actually, no, I think that was that was Ari who made that one. But no, uh, that was me. That was oh, me. was you. I want the credit. Okay, you take hey, credit. No, yeah, give him give him his proper credit, man. Come on now. All right, cool. Then I want uh, I want production credit for all of the old stuff that I made <laughs> yes, back in 2015. Still, that's still being run. <laughs> there's still JVT stuff from almost 10 years ago. Um, we were just breaking down some week zero games in college football. Do you get so oh, NFL fun. heavy here? that you just don't give a rip at all about college football. I mean, the game we're talking about was USC opening up against San Jose State. And I think for NFL people, they probably should watch USC games with Caleb Williams and others. Yes, uh, definitely. No, I mean, I uh, am very, very excited for week zero. I mean, I, I just want football that counts. And, you know, I mean, because I live in Los Angeles, like that makes the USC thing that much more relevant for me. But I mean, I, I watched a lot of Caleb Williams over the last two years because one of my best friends uh, went to Oklahoma. So I, and I don't really have loyalty to a college football team. So that's how I was first introduced to him. And then seeing him last year out here, you know, as well as he played and winning the Heisman. I mean, I, I don't think that there is much doubt today that if, you know, we were to do an NFL draft, he would be the number one overall pick. It's just a matter of where he's going to go. So, yeah, I, I am very excited to watch that. I am also very excited to watch Notre Dame because another one of my best friends works for them. So he actually flew out to Ireland yesterday. Oh, nice. So I don't know what I'm going to do for the next week and a half, not being able to text my friend in the same Aww. time zone. That kind of sucks in the same country. But, you know, it, it's cool that he gets to go over there and do some work, and then he's going to be traveling around with his wife. So that's a lot of information oh, okay. that I just gave away on people. But, yeah, yeah the, I, I am very excited to, to answer the actual question. Well, I was going to say you could FaceTime with him at Irish pubs, but his wife is there, so that would be kind of creepy and annoying. Yeah. Uh, let him spend time together. John, I'm going to throw this at you and, and let Miles react. We've all been talking about Caleb Williams being the number one pick. I saw some rankings yesterday of, of one college football site that actually had J.J. McCarthy as the best quarterback in the country. Uh, Drake May has been discussed. What odds would you give yeah. me to bet Caleb Williams not the number one pick? Uh, like, uh, what, would, what would the uh, he's not the number one pick? What's the no? Give you like four seventy five. Okay, plus four seventy five. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I'll take that. Hmm. Well, here I mean, we go. First bet, first bet of the football season. Really? Because come on, wimped out. Actually, let's no, I, I'm not. No, we can ask Miles. I'm not wussing out anything. You, you are wussing you out. You kind of are. Okay, so we're all over the place right now. Um, hey, yeah, first are. of all, let's address Caleb Williams being the number one pick. Is There is a chance that he doesn't deliver like he did last year, and this happens all the time with quarterbacks. It, that it someone does. else could no, be it, the, it, the freaking desire of the NFL. Well, look, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when Matt Leinart was going to be the number one overall pick, speaking of USC quarterbacks, right? And then he stays for the extra year at USC, and lo and behold, Reggie Bush gets drafted before him, and he falls all the way to seven to the Arizona Cardinals. So, I mean, th you're, what you're saying, Steve, is absolutely true. It's not unprecedented for us to, you know, go into a season thinking, oh my gosh, this is the guy, this is the guy, this is the guy, and then he ends up not being that guy. But I, I just... 
I don't know, man. I, I feel like Caleb Williams would have gone before Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud this yeah. year if he had been eligible. Uh, yep. You know, I mean, he would have gone before Kenny Pickett, way before Kenny Pickett, you know, a couple of years ago. If they, those two guys were in the same draft class. So that's where I look at it. And I'll be honest, I don't know as much about Drake May because I have not watched him because he's in, at UNC. And like, man, t- I, I really don't care about that program. So, I mean, there's just different biases that I have, and I acknowledge that. But I, I just feel like given what the consensus is on this guy, it, I I would not take that bet. I, I just I feel I mean, and God knows we've got, you know, a long, long time until the number one overall pick is on the clock. But it just seems like this is the real deal kind of dude where you're going to pick him number one. You know, Sam Howell was at one point favored to be the number one overall pick. Right, yeah. But the difference was he was well, a plus just, price to go number one, not minus 500, which Caleb is right now to be all right. number one. Well, ask Ron Rivera about, you know, where he was drafted and all that stuff right. and why they have confidence in him and la, la, la. And he'll tell you that yeah, at one point he was supposed to be a first-round pick. Right. And it's like, well, then why the hell did he fall to the fifth round? But that's neither here nor there. He looked pretty good last night, so that's at least something. Who's going to have a better year in the NFL at quarterback? And how do we measure it? We want to have a bet on the show. Justin Fields versus Jordan Love. Oh, is that a fair? Um, well, I mean, they're in the same division. I mean, look, ju- mm, okay. <laughs> I think. What's going on here? <laughs> is it fair? I'm short. I'm short circuiting my brain here. <laughs> I, I think Jordan Love's going to have a better year. Woo! I think, but I think Justin Fields might get you more fantasy points. Does that make sense? Well, now you've just complicated things. So Why the, would you do that? Because, Miles, this is what we're doing here. Again, I'll explain. Uh, we were talking okay. about the Bears and the Packers, and Steve threw out the question, who would have the better year? DeMond immediately ripped off Justin Fields. So I responded, oh, I'll take that bet. I think Jordan Love will have the better year. And I was like, we yeah. need a barometer. We need a way to decide this. I threw out, hey, PFF overall grade. That's one way to do it, right? A catch-all statistic that would tell us who would have the better year. DVOA, whatever DeMond wants to choose. DeMond goes, oh, I don't know. I test total touchdowns. That's how we're going to decide this. <laughs> Get out of here. Well, I mean, but the guy's got to pass the eye test. Look, I mean, if one of them wins the division and the other's in last place, then that's a pretty clear indication of who had the better year, oh is it God. not? Do we have to I mean, put the, we're going to have to put together Packers, a point system with this whole thing, like 10 different factors. I, I know. Well, I, I think the Packers are going to have a better year. I think the Packers are a better team. I think they have a better coach. I think, you know, I, I, I don't know enough about Luke Getze and having seen him for the last year or whatever – to think, oh man, yeah, this is the guy that's really going to be able to develop a quarterback. I mean, I know that they're kind of relying on what he's done in the past, but who, I mean, who's he really developed? You know, he worked under Matt LaFleur, so that's one thing, but Matt LaFleur has a clear track record of developing guys and making guys better as quarterbacks, as a quarterback's coach. And then, I mean, I think we can say that he was a factor in Aaron Rodgers winning two consecutive MVPs, right? He was calling the place. So, I, I have more confidence in Matt LaFleur than I do in Matt Eberflus and Luke Getze. Could you guys pick Matt Eberflus out of a lineup? I could because I'm a Colts fan, but I don't think they could. <laughs> the, you know, we can pick Matt LaFleur out of a lineup at yeah. least. So I think that that's also a, a thing. I mean, not that Matt, Matt Eberflus is a terrible coach. I don't know if he's a good coach or not, but I'm just saying that, like, I, I just have more confidence in Jordan Love in part because of the things he's got around him. And look, Justin Fields, I think he can throw the football well, but I just, like I said, I, I don't know that he's in the right situation to really thrive. So I would bet that Jordan Love's going to have the better year. But are we? But how would you base it? Do we need to go wins? <laughs> Do we need to go PFF grade? If you were also in this bet, 
what would you need to be that barometer? Um, I think DVOA is a good stat. Oh, no, 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 he's yeah. Yeah. no, 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 no. John already pointed what? out. What's wrong with that? It's no, biased because, against running quarterbacks. So, no, this is this is a good one. This is a, this is a good time for me to mention that uh, Miles. I've built oh, a boy. statistical model uh, that projects outcomes in the National Football League, and I used I tried to use DVOA as a statistic. It hates Justin Fields, so I'm totally down with it. Yeah. it Does it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, what <laughs> to to quote a uh, now uh, well paraphrase, let's call it a, a now uh, shunned owner in the NBA, big Justin Fields. <laughs> what's he done? <laughs> I won't. Follow up with that. I don't want to follow up with the response that I really want to. No, we'll go by we'll go by Demond's measuring stick. Total touchdowns. Geno Smith had more total touchdowns than Dak Prescott, Tom Brady, and Lamar Jackson. So clearly, he's the better quarterback. You said it, not well, me. I mean, they wrote me okay. off. I didn't write back. Yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have two different bets, uh-huh. so we can we can plan out both of the numbers. So we'll figure it out without Miles. Okay, Miles uh, Baker. Mayfield. I'd like to know what the bet is, though. Eventually, well, like, I think I, I, I want this. On you, can I do this? Yeah. I'll do this. Let's use both. Yeah. PFF overall grade. And total touchdowns, if that's what you want. I'll pick a stat. You pick a stat. Whatever you want, and we'll go that way. How about we just combine <laughs> Can I pick those passing numbers? yards? How about we combine? Oh my God, those we'll we'll figure this out. <laughs> this will go on forever. Uh, Baker Mayfield's yeah. going to be the starting quarterback for the Buccaneers. I've seen some people kind of lamenting the decision, saying bad decision by Todd Bowles. Yep, I like the decision. What are the decision did he have? I mean, Kyle, Tra- what, what's, what's Kyle Trask going to do? I mean, look, this is not a situation where uh, you're looking at a team that's going to do well this year. I mean, I know they've got Mike Evans, who is a, a tremendous wide receiver, right? That's a guy that is potentially a first ballot Hall of Famer. Chris Godwin, a year removed from the injury, he should be much better this year. They don't, they're not going to have Russell Gage. I mean, who else do they have at receiver? Three guys, you know, named Mo. I mean, I, I don't really know. We don't know what that offense is really going to look like you know you've got a first year offensive coordinator and play caller they're not in a good situation so you play baker mayfield you see what happens i don't really anticipate that being a very good team this year and we'll see you know if they're in the caleb williams sweepstakes toward the end of the year isn't that the case to play kyle trask though like do what the texans did last year davis mills wasn't going to be a good quarterback but let's see what you have because it's a win-win if he's good maybe we have something if he sucks caleb williams here we come but but not when Todd Bowles is coaching for his job. And, I mean, nobody's really said that, but you have to sort of have this, I don't know, global view of things, right? If it, you had a horrible season last year that was only saved because Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time and dragged that team kicking and screaming across the finish line. I mean, there that offense was garbage right the defense was fine but it also was probably and it also was probably dragged down by the fact that the offense was terrible but i mean what has todd bowles done as a head coach to give you confidence that this is he's a good head coach unfortunately and and, you know that they're going to make a bunch of strides this year i I don't know i mean i I like the uh, the dave candles hire i do but at the same time i'm not enthused by anything that's going on down there with the buccaneers i'm just not Mal Simmons. Pro Football Talk is with us. Demond's here. JVT, Cofield. Um, I know, um, I'm not sure if it's official, but you, you know, you at PFT, you pay attention to the Raiders a lot, so you see what goes on. Uh, a lot of the stuff, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you post up there is Raider related. It's because the media hates the Raiders, that's why. Did you see a scoop fest <laughs> on really what wasn't a scoop? Uh, starting on Sunday, our boy Vincenzo said that uh, sources say Jacob is expected to be in before the beginning of the season. Vic Tafer then post, 
Well, I already said that on the Rich Eisen show. Then one of our local Raiders insiders, our buddy Joe Rigo, said, I said that last week before everybody didn't say that part. But he then he tweeted out, I said it before that. And then Josh Jacobs tweeted out, uh, I don't know where you get this from, basically. Like, I didn't tell anyone that. So what do you make of what's going on now? Are we Is this just like media, player, holdout, fatigue, it's camp, let's get this thing the hell over with? Um, I, I'm intrigued by it because yeah, yeah. I don't know what the end game is for either party. Yeah. Right. I am curious if Josh Jacobs is just kind of in this staring match with the Raiders where it's like, well, are you going to pull the tag or not? And if they're not, then fine. But with, if you're the Raiders, I mean, as a business move, it's not going to look great if you pull the tag on Josh Jacobs, who was the league's leading rusher last year. <laughs> but I look at it and say, like, well, what did you win with him? And, you know, is your team really going to be that much worse? I mean, it's going to be worse, no doubt. But, I mean, you still have Jimmy Garoppolo as your quarterback, and who knows what Aiden O'Connell's going to be. And, you know, you got Devontae Adams, yes. And the run game, yeah, that's going to keep you in things um, a little bit better. But it's it's interesting to me seeing the deals that like Ezekiel Elliott got for one year, you know, up to six million. Dalvin Cook, what he got with the Jets, it's kind of like, man, if you're Josh Jacobs and you want ten point one million, then shouldn't you sign the franchise tender to make sure that you get it? Because there's no way that if the Raiders do pull the franchise tender, which they can do still, you're not getting that on the open market. So, I mean, I I don't quite get what the end game is here. And, you know, if the Raiders say that they want Josh Jacobs around, then I feel like they need to put into a little more action that they actually want to make that happen. You know, because it just seems like they don't really want him want him they just want to give off the appearance that they want him for appearances if that makes sense i think i thought Aiden o'connell was the best backup quarterback in the national football league right that's what colin said the other day so colin cowherd said that he's already the number one number two in the league really yeah Yeah, he loves him oh interesting so does raider nation get ready we okay make the transition he he looks the part. I mean, it's not like he's done a bad job. I, I think, and I'm, you know, we were talking about this last week um, with Adam Hill when he was saying that, oh my gosh, you know, if anything that good happens in the preseason, doesn't matter. And I think to an extent, you know, you're right. But when you're a rookie and you're getting out there for the first time, you want to look like you belong. And I think that Aiden O'Connell, almost more than any other rookie quarterback, has looked like he's belonged in the league. And that's not a bad thing. So, I mean, if he continues to do that, you know, he did that. Um, against the Los Angeles Rams on Saturday night. If he continues to do that this year, this week in the preseason finale, I, I don't see how that's bad. And I think that it means that you could get away with him being your backup quarterback and, you know, maybe Brian Hoyer's your number three. Uh, Adam might have said that last week. I said that on my national radio show the week before that. So mm-hmm. I'll take credit for that. Uh, so, all right, let's, let's stick with running backs. Uh, is, this, is this a bluff by the Colts? Is this a, all right, bro, look. Jonathan Taylor, you go try to find the trade package because guess what? You're going to find that nobody's going to want to ship off assets and pay you at the same time, and then we'll work something out. That's, to me, what it felt like when I first heard about it yesterday, and it really reminded me just of the Austin Eckler situation because that's exactly what the excuse me the Chargers did with Austin Eckler, right? It's, oh, you want to the, get more money? You want a longer-term deal? Okay, see if anybody wants to give it to you. No? 
Hmm, interesting. How about that? Well, guess you're stuck here because you're already under contract. We'll give you a little couple incentives, maybe another million and a quarter. Let's give you that. And you know what? You're going to be quite all right. You're going to be happy here because there is no other option for you. And that to me is sort of the vibe that the Colts are giving off right now. Because I mean, I, I don't know that there really is a viable trade option right now for Jonathan Taylor to say, okay, we're going to give up a significant asset in either a first round pick or two twos, a, a, a three, two threes and a two, whatever it is, because that's what the reports have been that they, the Colts won either a first round pick or a package of picks that adds up to a first round pick. So a team that's going to do that and then say, yes, Jonathan Taylor, we're going to give you a contract of 14 to 16 million a year for the next however many years. And I think part of the discussion that's being left out here is that this is a running back that is coming off an ankle injury that has not been medically cleared. He is still on the physically unable to perform list. And I don't think that means that he should never get paid ever. But I think that when that happens, your team knows you better than anybody else. And to ask somebody else to say, yes, we want to take on this injured running back whose ankle is critically important to him and how he plays the game. And we don't know that he's healthy yet. And yet we're going to send off a first round pick or a couple of picks and then also give him 15 to $16 million a year. What sense does that make? It, it makes none. So all that is to say, yeah, it feels like the Colts are kind of in a situation where it's like, Go and see what the market is for you, Jonathan Taylor. We think you might be a little bit disappointed that you're going to come back to us and we'll figure something out here. Profootballtalk.com. Um, I see that you did write the uh, the story. I think I have this correct. Shane Steichen refers questions on Taylor to Ballard. Uh, it looks like you're also yeah. on the Niners. Well, I mean, what are we doing? Are we talking about the backup will be named? Are we playing games here the last couple of weeks? Process of oh, elimination? Oh, what are we doing here? Steve. Steve, it's the week three of the preseason. This is backup quarterback questions time. Okay. What else? Are we, I mean, we've we've had training camp practices for what three weeks now. All the starters yeah. have been talked about. Okay. We're getting into the nitty gritty. The last week before the cuts, this is when we ask the questions about the backup quarterbacks. And the only reason that San Francisco is as relevant as it is is because Trey Lance yeah. is a number three overall pick two years ago, and now we need to see if he is actually going to even be able to be a backup. For for that team so yeah man that's, this is the kind of time of year you back me down that's a good point they're one of the rare teams with three quarterbacks uh, who are kind of interesting miles simmons yes. pro football talk okay. is yeah <laughs> there I, there just, I was just doing See that you, that's now that's slow talk before we make one final transition this one's important to me and it's important to john um when i go to okay. nfl games as a fan i want to feel safe uh, yes, I am a drunkard, but the prices are so high. I'm usually mostly sober at football games. John's got small boys. He wants to take his kids to a football game. I know other parents who want to go to football games. I am sick and tired of seeing brawls at these games amongst the fans of whatever team, the Niners fans, just annihilating each other. Will the NFL ever step up for the non-drunks who go to games? Can you protect I, I us, please, so. Raj? It's it's very uncouth, you know. That that to me is the kind of thing where you don't oh like to see it. That was so Columbia uncouth. It's not. I it know, is. It's just. It's dangerous. It, I, I don't want to get swung it, on by some. What are you talking? Two, no, no. Both of you. Come on. What are you talking about? There was a sixty-five-year-old lady who was a security guard breaking it up. Of course, we're safe. Okay. Top notch. Okay. Uh, good. Yeah, they invested well. in, in security. Good. 
That's like when I go to the grocery store by my apartment and there's like a 78 year old security guard in there and like, I mean, man, what are you securing? <laughs> what are we really doing here? Yeah. All right. Is the NFL, will the NFL come out publicly? Because we, listen, we know what the issue is. It's the drinking and they make so much money from alcohol connections. I don't, I mean, I don't know when that, I don't know when you would stop the, the stop at uh, here at, at the Al in the third quarter. Um, what can they do? I don't know. I mean, because it's not everybody. It's just the select few that have the potential to ruin it for for the rest of us, right? So, I mean, I don't know. I like to have a nice adult beverage when I go uh, to a game in public. Not that I go to many football games where I'm not working, but I do. And, you know, if you see a fight, then you're like, man, this is really ruining the ambiance and the atmosphere here. So I hope that people heed your words steve quit fighting quit fighting at these places man you're ruining it for you're ruining it for the rest of us and who knows maybe that is the next step they're going to crack down on selling alcohol and i hope that doesn't happen because i like to drink responsibly take it at the entrance to every game everybody has to take a thc gummy before they go in just chill <laughs> it might help just just zen out just it might help it might it might All right, it wouldn't Miles. hurt you're the man what do you got coming up on uh, peacock uh, we still got uh, Pro Football Talk Live that is every morning from 7 to 9 Eastern, which means it is 4 to uh, 6 Pacific, but you can always catch the replays on the Peacock app. And then also the clips on uh, our NBC, uh, NFL on NBC YouTube page. And then the Peter King podcast that is also coming back around very soon with uh, episodes on um, everything that's going on in the NFL. So stay tuned for all of those things. Tell Florio I love the site redesign. I know it's been a while, but I'm sure he's got a rash of crap about it. So a little positive word. I love it. It's great. Okay. I'll let him know. Miles, we appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> all right. Take care, guys. Talk to you next week. See you later. I hate it so much. You only like it because the font is big. It's good for old people. No, nah, I just don't like it. I don't like the way it's laid out. It was it was a very rudimentary looking site in the past, Solid. and I just that matched matched up with me. I was just like, bang the rumor mill. Ugh, and just hit like just hit one it's, key. It's still like that. I, I but it's up on the top. And there's all different stories. Like, oh, you're on. old man. Change happens. I, just, I right? know. I just Sorry. want simplicity. Um, you know, let's take a break here because we're falling behind. Um, I do want to address the drunkenness and the fighting. Uh, I know, Demond. Don't get disappointed. I don't. I'm not. I'm, this is not a lecture. This is not a lecture. I'm. I'm I'm going to come clean on this. Uh, it's uh, the, the drinking is out of control, and I'm included. But I don't want to fight people. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 We're going to hit on the story more more often, well, again, down the road. The The fan fights are just it's getting ridiculous. And I guess people get a kick out of the videos, but there are a lot of other people who watch it and they're like, yeah, I don't want to go to an NFL game if that's how secure the game is and that's how drunk people are getting. And I'll admit, when I go as a fan... Um, I get I get pretty lit up, but I also have to think about it. Like I do not want to get mouthy with a bunch of people and get jumped by you know twelve people and be on video of getting slaughtered. So um, there, it's it's a crazy environment now because you you drink so much before the game. People, it's I think it's part of their goal. I don't even understand why they do. I'll, I'll I'll be honest. We we went to the Cardinals game last year, the Raiders and Cardinals, and like by the fourth quarter. Um, I'll say one of us was not like super paying attention to the game, and it's like you paid all this money to go to the game, like you just blow it off at the end of the game because you're annihilated. I, I I don't know. I don't get it. 
Well, it's a good thing that game wasn't exciting or anything. It was yeah. one of the great games down the stretch <laughs> ever. Believe me, I have stories about that game. Oh, it, well, so do I, actually, because I was doing the uh, the watch party afterwards. Yeah. There's a couple of dudes from, I think, Ireland or Australia that had come yeah. down just to watch like the Raiders for the first time, and they left an hour early because they thought that the game was oh. over. And I'm, I'm sitting out front watching the game on my laptop, and they're like, what are you watching? I'm like, it's the Raiders game, dude. It's an overtime. What? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I mean, look, you said something that is somewhat inaccurate when we were talking with Miles. Uh, uh, one, I've never been to an NFL game in my life. Two, I don't want to go. I don't. Well, I think I, I think I was playing off of the fact that you sure. said that last week, where you're like, "Yeah, it's this." It's not. I think you, did you retweet this fight? Yeah. No, I, I reposted it or some. Um, I reposted the fight. <laughs> I reseeded it. And um, no, because that like that's been my and what what slants my view on that topic is first off the fight thing. Yes. The other is I don't want to be anywhere else on an NFL Sunday but a sports bar. Yeah. Like that's it's the best environment to be in with all of the games. Yeah. I guess you can convince me for a standalone game, you know, Monday night, Thursday night, whatever, uh, Sunday night. But even then, like on a Sunday night, you still got to get there and all that kind of stuff. So I have never been tempted to go to an NFL game. And then seeing the way that people act mm-hmm. is just the cherry on top of what I already believe to be a very solid. I don't want to go for these reasons. Right. Like, do I go to the Jets game this year? Yes, and, and hang out with a bunch of jabroni uh, Jet fans. What time's the game? G- it's an afternoon game, I assume, right? Yeah, like who are going to be out of control? I guess. Right. And and Raiders, well, like one side, you know, obviously the losing side is going to start getting all froggy. It's going to be fifty percent Jets fans. You'll be fine. No, but, but here's the it thing: depends on what's going on in the season. I've also heard, I've been told, and I haven't again, so I haven't been to an yeah. NFL game. I've been told that NFL games are the worst to go to live, like the stoppages, all that kind of stuff. It's uh, it's uh, it's not a sport already that has a ton of like action, right? There are a lot of breaks. The, it, it live, I feel I've been told, it's definitely not worth it to go. Yeah. And unfortunately, and we'll probably hit on this uh, later in the week, I think that there was some ranking of stadiums, best stadiums in the NFL. Allegiant, I think, is seventh. The one thing that is rough at Allegiant, the internet is so hit or miss. So yeah. to your point, well, like when you want to pay attention to every NFL game and then nothing's working on your phone, you're like, come on, man, I can't cut myself off from the world for freaking five hours here. You got connections. Hit somebody up in the P box. They'll give you a Wi-Fi password. I've, I have connections for UNLV games. It's the same thing on UNLV games. That's a good point. I mean, this is a little deep dive. You ever you ever look at the, my Twitter account? Sometimes I'm because I'll get down there and you'll get quick highlights of touchdowns, and I look down. I'm like, I'm eh, not sent from. I don't know. Ago. I saw a great video from, from, from after an interception in a UNLV game around the slot machine. Yeah, you made. I did. I, I, yeah. But 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 for every one of those, like I, you're right, I got like three and a half million views on that. For every one of those, there are times where like that slot machine video would have gone up after like five more touchdowns. How is that not your pinned post? Say he doesn't do it for the clicks. How, how is that not your pinned post? I don't. I pin what? I don't care. By the way, can I we see? Say, I see people so do that. Speak- I, see, I mean, not to get on people in the building, but like, I don't know. Like, should I go? I mean, I guess I didn't tweet back in 2004, like the debut post. of Cofield locally. That's I, I just I don't I have no special moments. I don't care. I mean that was one. That's what you do. It's what social media. That's what you're about. supposed to do is yeah. like your highest engagement or viewed. Eh, well, and people would like to see it over and over again. But I would also say really quickly, yeah. Steve's starting to show his age and I'm kinda of starting to get worried. So you've been telling me over and over again. What's so I just t- I took the dive uh, you know, like about a week ago. I am I am on Twitter blue now. Sorry. Yeah. X blue. Uh and X blue. A- and Steve keeps hitting me with the I don't know how to edit the posts. It it it's right there. Oh, can you show me? Yes. It's, it's, it's <laughs> no, I need right. it. Every I've been so I've been, been infuriated. <laughs> I'm like I'm paying for this, and you can post longer videos, so that does help me. But I'm like, that's the only thing I'm getting out of this. The second and you, I'm so frustrated. The second no, you do it, you no. The like, second you do it, it pops up and says it, but then that disappears. If you see something seven minutes later, how do you do it? 
Uh? No, that's the whole point. You can't after a certain amount of time. It's an hour. It says an hour. Okay, yeah, after an hour. You no, said no. seven hours. No, I said seven minutes. He said minutes. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Thank God you're here. <laughs> we'll look into this because it's pretty easy on my end. Okay, you you take care of that. I'm going to give away a prize. 364-1100. DeMond's going to help. 364-1100. Oh, come on. Duran Duran's in town. How good a show is that? It's at T-Mobile. Uh, tickets access.com. We've got a pair of tickets right now. 364-1100. 364-1100. They're great. They're still great. I went to see them like four years ago. Uh, it's a Saturday. It's a Saturday. Duran Duran's in town. A pair of tickets from DeMond. You can grab your own at AXS.com. 364-1100. Caller 7. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, we're going to figure this out. Thank God JVT's here today. Had a, quite the conundrum with this new Z, Zeet. You know, at least I'm cool enough to know what it's called. I was listening to uh, Cavino and Rich oh. over on Fox Sports National, and they kept saying, is it Twitter or X? I was like, come on, guys. So, like, and how lame and old are you? That's right. Okay. Well, you host the show. i got to edit this post. So are you going to figure it out? All you have to do is click the ellipsis at the top, the three I dots. I swear to God, that's never popped up before. That's, that on, that, that just on, got enabled. It's on every You're right. Tweet. It is really easy. Damn it. It's on every tweet. I never see that. I never saw edit post. I think they. I think it just changed. No. They just added it. Didn't. They did. I didn't have that for six weeks. Sound like Chris Mad Dog Russo complaining about Sunday ticket. What was he complaining about? He can't just, find it now? That it's, just, it's, it's just too hard. Is <laughs> it? On YouTube? It's just too hard. Here's this gadget, Chris. you got to sign up here. Give me your email address there. Here's your receipt. No, you can't do this. You've got to do it by your phone. I mean, it's impossible. All I want to do is lose money. That's all I want to do. Okay. Please pull that, the real yep. the real rant tomorrow, and we will clip John's, and we'll go head-to-head. I doubt he flipped out. He does not do that. He does not raise his voice. You're right. You're right. He's a calm, cool, collected radio icon. All right. There's not a famous clip of him freaking out on Tom Brady's dad. He, he freaks out a lot. He so freaks great. out a whole bunch. All right, so yesterday we saw a list from The Athletic. Uh, a guy, Chris Vanini, covers all the group of five football. Uh, had UNLV 110 and 133 teams, Division One. Uh, Brett McMurphy bounced back today, said uh, the Rebels will go bowling. Yep. McMurphy, that's one of McMurphy's things. He starts doing the bowl list from the beginning of the season. Of course, there was some curmudgeon creep up on Twitter who's like, don't write. If this is all you have, it's so early, freaking, like, it's fun. Relax. Now, the thing is, UNLV actually could be the 110th best team in the country and make a bowl game. Sure. If you're doing the ranking, like, if you're not doing the rankings by straight records, you could have a, you know, you could have a 4-8 and eight Big Ten team where you're like, well, they're actually better than a 7-5 and five Mountain West team. So, I think there's some optimism to have this team going bowling. I mean, really quick, the betting market thinks so as well. Their win total is five and a half, and it's very much shaded to the over. Okay. All right. What do you think the keys are on offense? Uh, number one, offensive line. Mm-hmm. Right side. What that's going to look like in protecting Doug, who missed some time last year. I would put that at the very top of the list. Yep. Um, right right side or left side? Because uh, they have – no, you're, you're right. But yeah. I'm saying that side actually has two starters back. You're saying they have to play well. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. that's because yeah. the, the quest, the challenge is on the left side where there's competition and some guys are a little dinged up. But Tiger Shanks is back, kind of third year right tackle. Mm-hmm. And man, the more guys I talk to on the line and then like 
we had a conversation today with uh, – now we're starting to call him, uh, based on what Brennan Marion nicknamed him, the senator, right? Donovan Lester, Senator Donnie, because he's, like, he's, right. he's a really impressive kid. And um, he likes to talk about how good William & Mary is, which I, I can appreciate that, right? You, you brag about your school, right? Why not? Uh, but he was talking about blocking, and we'll get to this with uh, the coach of the running back core, Cornell Ford, but – Donnie Lester was talking about blocking, and I asked him, like, who's an offensive lineman you lean on for some advice? And almost like everyone else on the line, they're like, Trigg. So that's Amani Trigg Wright, a kid out of Oakland who's in his sixth year here. Just everyone raves about him. Mm -hmm. So he must be an awesome communicator, good leader, because everyone picks him out. Um, I don't know where I was going. Oh, he's right guard, right tackle is Tiger Shanks. Other questions about the offense? I think it's the run game. Yes. Because I think they're going to have a really good short passing game. I think they, as Brendan Marion said about two weeks ago, he's the OC. He's like, I didn't bring all these guys in here. Uh, speed guys, a wide receiver for us not to take deep shots. So he was saying Brumfield's got to get a little better on the accuracy and the willingness to go deep. But I think they're going to have a great short passing game. It's the running backs because Aiden Robbins went off to BYU. He was a big power back. This is a new system. There's going to be multiple backs in the backfield all the time. Tons of deception. Well, who's going to step up, right? Courtney Reese has never been able to grab the number one spot, but you know, keep in mind, it was Charles Williams for a long time, right? And he was great. And then Robbins last year. So now transfers have to step up. And I think they tried to match their, these players to their system. Mm-hmm. Donovan Lester is a kid from William & Mary. He's 6'2", yeah, 6'2", 215. I think he's actually the fastest of the backs and the biggest. And then Vincent Davis is a kid who was playing at Pittsburgh, smaller guy, 5'8", around 190. Courtney Reese is back, and then they've got some promising freshmen. So here's Cornell Ford talking about what they look for in running backs that, uh, you know, kind of this whole notion of, hey, this is a third down back, this is a specialist. He mentions, hey, you're, we bring guys in, they got to be out there. We recruit guys here, we recruit guys that are every down backs. So they got to be able to run the ball. Obviously, they got to be special with the ball in their hands, but they got to be able to protect quarterback and block for their other running backs and then they got to be able to catch the ball coming out of the backfield so we we, we throw the ball to them down the field and on in the flats I mean they're getting a lot of uh, opportunities to catch the ball yeah one of those notes is what I'm most fascinated by look as a running back the time that you need uh, to be a proficient pl- a pass blocker is not as much as an offensive lineman but but running with so many smaller backs mm-hmm. And then asking them in those instances to pass blocks successfully is, I think, fascinating dynamic that I can't wait to watch. Yep. Who we mentioned earlier in the show, Deuce Vaughn, right? We were, uh, Demond and I were sharing the common bond of being uh, five nine or less, right? Um, if you're a running back who was little, you got a freaking block, mm-hmm. or you can't be out there all the time. So here's Ford. I think this is where he's talking about Courtney Reese, who is a holdover, has had some big moments here, but he is around five eight. You know, 175, so, you know, the power part of the running back game is something he's got to work on. I'm really, really uh, proud of, of how far he's come. Because um, I think when I first got here, he was just kind of all over the place a little bit and probably not quite um, as physical as we're, we would like. Now he's, he's probably one of our smallest guys in the room. He's probably one of our toughest guys in the room. Um, I put him right up in the top three. And so he's come along long way um, he's done a lot with this catching the ball out of the backfield which he struggled with in, in the spring um, and blocking was another issue for him he's not a real big guy and so those small guys have to find their their niche and 
find out how how um, they can be effective in when you're blocking. He's come a long, long way. I mean, it's just uh, our offensive line coach. He's one. Of, he's become one of our offensive line coach's favorite runners because he's a he's a physical kid that'll. He's only about a buck seventy. Um, but he'll give you all of that buck seven and punch you in the mouth. So I like that about him. There you go. Punch you in the mouth. I like it. So it's good to see uh, Courtney Reese in the mix with the two uh, biggest names, tra- uh, transfer running backs in uh, Donnie Lester and Vincent Davis. And then there is one other guy who I do think will be part of the running game. Who hey is guy? it, John? Andrew Wimmer? Well, no. And, and <laughs> oh, okay. I think Andrew Wimmer could be uh, you know, a relief back here and there. Um, no, I think he, he has a chance to be a uh, special teamer. Yeah. Um, yeah, whatever. He's out there working hard. Number 49, uh, F- Juco walk-on from last year. No, the other guy is actually Jacob De Jesus, who's even smaller. He's thicker, but he's even smaller than Courtney Reese. 5'6", 175, but my God. When they get the ball to him, he is freaking fast. I mean, that, we were talking about it earlier. Jet sweep guy, short pass across the middle, can take it a long way. So I was asking Cornell Ford, the UNLV running back coach, about, hey, De Jesus in the running game, what do you think? Uh, well, he has been you know, chosen for a few plays to, to, to get the ball. He's just a playmaker. You know, just whenever he touches the ball, something big is going to happen. Um, I thought coming in out of – after the spring ball, I thought he was our best football player. This is me personally. Um, he just was – anytime he touched the field, he was doing something special, something. He was making those wild plays. And now we've got a few other guys that are like that. So it's not just him, but he's a pretty special player. And his motor never – I mean, literally, he's one of those kids that you have to say, hey, just – you slow down. <laughs> and you don't usually say that to football players. But he's one of those players that you have to say – you know, pump the brakes a little bit, dude, because he's he's always going 100 miles an hour. He doesn't even even during our our walkthroughs, he's going 100 miles an hour. So he's a pretty special kid. I think he's really really good football player for us, and I think he's a great example for our other players of how you know how you play. He's a great example for a lot of high school football players because I mean I can't tell you how many um, guys I was around going back to high school football. Not that I played, but watching. Over the years, covering prep football, watching recruiting. I mean, there's guys in pockets of the country who are unbelievable running backs from five foot five to five foot nine, and they get overlooked because they don't have the prototypical size, but they can play, right? They can play. De Jesus, I think, is going to be a really important player for them. And I mean, when we you hear one of the position coaches say that's the best player on our team, pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Well, and look, I thought last year. One of the things that were lacking for UNLV football offensively, there were a few other things, but they weren't very explosive. No. It was a lot of when they were scoring, it was meticulous drives. It was settling for field goals. It was right a lot of just like kind of trying to kill you by paper cuts. And that would be a nice difference here if you can get some explosive. It doesn't have to be touchdowns, but the fact that you can maybe have the potential to get chunk plays, 10, 11, 15, 17 yards, and then the occasional big play for a touchdown, it's going to make all the difference in the world. So Mountain West Conference teams open up. A handful of them this weekend with week zero. College basketball is pretty close. Now, the UNLV schedule is not out yet. Um, I know people are trying to track it. I think they had a couple of cancellations they're dealing with, so that's what's delaying it. You think or you know? Did you do the legwork like you lectured Tyler? Uh, I do, but I'm not going to tell you what game was canceled okay, and, right, and for a little while. Um, but, yeah, they had a, they had a higher-profile game canceled, so that I think threw them into a tailspin. They're trying to figure things out. Uh, San Diego State actually 
uh, put out its conference schedule and notice that unlike years past, UNLV will play San Diego State. They've generally played them. I think the last two years was here mm-hmm. at the beginning of the conference slate or the second game. They're going to play down there right out of the gates. And then the second to last game of the season, San Diego State's here. So that's of interest, right? And because of an uneven schedule, there is a possibility that UNLV and San Diego State wouldn't play twice, um, which for you know for this side, because they've been on the wrong side of it, uh, Rebel fans want to play San Diego State, and that's the program you aspire to be. It's annoying because you used to be that program, and SDSU fans are really annoying, and I can only imagine how ridiculously annoying they're going to be this year when they were the coming off being a national runner-up. Um, so when I tweeted it out yesterday about the UNLV matchups, I, you know, I, I also noticed that uh, B.J. Reigns, who covers Boise, was saying that uh, – no, actually, this was it. Um, UNLV is only going to play Boise once. Yes. Which, from a competitive standpoint, stinks. But I do think they're the conference favorite, which I'm sure SDSU fans will flip out about. I think Boise is friggin' loaded. And they brought in more good players. And Leon Rice is whiny and annoying. But he's a good coach. And they're really hard to beat up there. So, of course, UNLV doesn't get them down here. They only get them up there. So, long story short, um, San Diego State and Boise fans are starting to kind of go at it about the basketball programs because Boise's really good, just doesn't have the postseason success. So, a couple of the writers were going at it today with little snipes. Uh, B.J. Rains had pointed out that San Diego State almost always avoids, in this uneven schedule, going to Wyoming. Mm. Have you been to Wyoming? No. It's not an easy trip. It's not. It's an annoying trip, and sometimes they're very good, and they've been good. You know, last year they had a tough time because a lot of the players bailed on the program and a ton of guys got hurt, but it's an annoying trip. And so uh, B.J. Reigns, not not like saying, well, how did this happen that San Diego State never goes to Wyoming? He just pointed it out and looked up the numbers, and he was like, yeah, this is kind of hard to believe. Like three of the last five years they haven't gone to Wyoming. And then Mark Ziegler, who, you know, guy went to Stanford, but he's been around San Diego State for a long time, Um uh, Sent back a message or retweeted Reigns and was like, "Well, you know, this is kind of, kind of interesting here that Boise would complain about San Diego State having some sort of advantage from the conference when you're the school that gets all this extra money." This is not the way he put it, but that's what he was getting at. You're the school who has a special deal for the football program, so we're already in uh, fall and winter effect when it comes to uh, writers and their programs. Why are you te- Why are you defending the program? Because that's what I mean. In Ziegler's case, he absolutely does it. You remember the story I, f- I talked about last year before the Mountain West Conference Tournament when he's when he floats a story that uh, – wouldn't it be interesting if San Diego State got a double bye to the final like Gonzaga does in the West Coast Conference? Right. What? Who came up with that one? That's your original idea? or No, because it was based on quotes from Dutcher. So. You, like the, you like the guys needling each other? I mean, I guess. It's just weird that it seems to be more Ziggler than Reigns. Yes. Reigns is kind of just, you know – Tweeting out that's, some facts that's, and numbers. That's and, Mark style. He'll right. never say it to your face, but uh, you know he likes to throw out those little shots. Yeah. Little shots every once in a while. Cofield and Company presents. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Dave. All right, first of all, when we archived the show, that, that whole story about the Mountain West Conference writers, strike that from the show. I, I didn't have it in front of me. It took too long. That's it. That disappears forever. Okay. Text line, did anyone say, hey, that story sucks? 69187. Uh, no, but since this is grab back, someone said, speaking JVT drops, I always thought it was JVT that said, stick your hand in there, dude. Oh, he actually no. th- <laughs> <laughs> they thought it was your voice? 
The uh, famous story of just a random YouTube video. I was just searching for stuff one day and found it. It's just a dude sitting in front of a blowtorch, and somebody just tells him, stick your hand in there, dude. And then uh, about the Allegiant Stadium talk, someone said, use your cellular. AT&T works great. No. That's awesome. Good. I don't have it. (laughs) I don't have it. It's very hit or miss, but I think that's a lot of stadiums. Big news. Okay. Good. Mike Trout's back. Just in time for a nine-game deficit. Let's go. Angels are alive again. Uh, Let's make the bet official. So... You're, you're, it's going to be you by yourself on Jordan Love. I will go head-to-head that Justin Fields will have better PFF. And Damon, will you take Damon's bet of who has more touchdowns? I'll take whatever because he's just going to be flat-out better. Okay, now he's back in. So PFF graded this. You heard it. So I'm out. You don't need to be in this. I got it. I'm a big boy. Okay, PFF grade. Is it Jordan both Love. or PFF? PFF. Okay. I just want it on the record because you know this show. When we bet, we always have to go back and listen to the replay. See you guys.